Thank you for tuning in to the One Hope Podcast. Today, I want to share with you a bonus teaching from one of our most recent staff meetings. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged in your faith through this podcast. The job of the leader is to get better and to make things better. And you could say that the job of the leader is just to make things better, but I'm actually saying you can't make things better if you aren't getting better yourself. So there is a personal responsibility that starts with you of like how you view your life and are you getting better or are you stagnant? Are you standing still? Are you excited? Are you energized? Or uh, The first question of every leader is really to look inward to say, am I getting better? And if I'm not getting better, how can I ask someone else to get better? Remember the first time Pastor Chris asked me to kind of take the discipleship role behind the scenes with growth track and leadership in developing people. And I immediately felt this weight of like, am I growing spiritually or am I just going to try and get them where I'm at? And I went to the Lord. I was like, how do I, how do I, how could I grow in my own personal faith? And that's when I really had this idea to stir a goal to like memorize one verse out of each chapter in the New Testament, which I have not completed, but I've spent years doing. Like just taking Romans and going, what's the key verse in this chapter, memorizing it? And I was trying to stir my own faith. And so the job of the leader is to get better and to make things better. And uh, you aren't the leader or won't stay the leader if you can't make things better. You aren't the leader or won't stay the leader if you can't make things better. Andy Stanley says that the person with vision is the leader. And vision is where we're going, how we're getting better, what's down the road. And so he just said, regardless of titles or positions, the person who can see how to get better becomes the leader, whether they have the title or not. And that creates frustration if the person who has the title doesn't have the vision and the person with the vision is actually under that person with the title, right? But ultimately, the person with the title won't be able to stay there because they don't have the vision to get better. In every organization, we say this often around here, 10% minimally is becoming irrelevant annually. I'm going to say that again. In every organization, 10% of what you're doing minimally is becoming irrelevant annually. So it's not wrong. It's not theologically incorrect. It's not heresy. It's just irrelevant in culture. Go five years without changing something in an organization, then 50% of what you're doing is irrelevant to culture. Go 10 years. Can you find that church right now? I bet you can. Go 10 years where they've organizationally, fundamentally not changed, and so they've become irrelevant in their liturgy. They've become irrelevant in how they engage with people. And so one of our mindsets around here that we teach early from the beginning is you're constantly looking for the 10%. Every year, you got to find the 10%. Matter of fact, I'm doing it. You should be doing it in what you're doing, but then I'm doing it holistically. And sometimes I'm seeing in your environment. And one of the challenges I'm putting out to to all of us here is that you should be seeing the 10% before I'm seeing it. And occasionally you won't. And I understand that maybe I see something fresh happening that you don't see. But when you hear that vision from me, you should engage with what to do next. Our leadership line. Y'all heard me say this a million times. Leaders see the awkward and fix it. If you don't see things that need to be better, you aren't the leader or won't stay the leader if you can't make things better. 
So leaders see the awkward, but one of the problems is, is that there's a reluctancy in fixing things these days. Everybody wants to say, that sucks. That should be better. I wish we were this. And I say, well, where are you? If God gave you eyes to see it and hands to hold it, why aren't you engaged in it? I really wish we were serving this community, but they never go. Don't give, don't do anything. No, no, you're just a critic. You're not a leader. And listen, that's how I challenge people all the time. I say, boy, I love this church, but I wish we had. And I say, well, I wish we had it too. Maybe God sent you here to lead the way. Here's how, small groups. So leaders see the awkward and fix it. The question that we ran into was how to get better. And so I want to give you five things real quick. And the first one, you're going to feel like, oh, that's so pastoral. But I'm super committed to number one. And that is ask God to give you eyes to see. I don't think, there's definitely not a week that goes by, but I don't think there's a single prayer time that goes by that I don't say, God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear. It's spiritual, then practical. And if you feel like you're missing something, then start with the spiritual and say, God, illuminate. Send someone, even if I can't see it, send somebody to come and say, what about this? I remember one of the first people that came to me and mentioned that their experience with police officers as a black man was different than what mine was. I would say that I was somewhat blind to the reality of that until I had a very close black male friend who just looked at me and said, it's true. And I said, all right, well then unpack that for me. I didn't have eyes to see it because I wasn't there. I didn't grow up in that environment. And that's not a negative for me. It's a negative to not see into it now or ask for help or to look into it. So ask God to ask God to give you eyes to see so that you can pursue number two. Once you see something, you have to calendar time. These words are important. You have to calendar time to look now for the awkward, the ambiguous, and the ancient. So you are like, man, I, all right, Frank, you told me that this is an issue in our culture. Now I've got to set time to step back and say, let me look into this and see where I could be allowing awkward to be created, where things are ambiguous about what we believe about this, or our language is just ancient. Like we're living as if we're way back when. And I like the word ancient because it kind of like puts it like, man, that's old. But I think sometimes we're doing things. We're like, well, that's just the way my mama did it. Well, that's great. But, you know, they didn't have running water in some of their days, you know, <laughs> right? Like, we always, I always wash clothes with the washing board and the soap and out in the yard. Well, we have washing machines, right? So, it, you know, I know that sounds funny, but we're operating that way in some of our environments. So I always say, what's awkward? What just when you walk in, it's like, ugh. Or amb- ambiguous is, I don't know the answer. Like, what's the answer? Like, what, do, what am I supposed to do right here? Y'all notice how much I even tell people on Sundays about raising their hands and about what it is and expression. I'm trying to teach them expressions of worship, but I got to normalize it for them. So, because it's ambiguous if we don't. So, we need, in order to do number two, some thoughts under number two, you need real-time reporting 
to measure against whatever the standard is. So if you don't have a standard and you don't know what the standard is, then how do you know if it's not meeting that? And that's why you have the calendar time to actually say, okay, every Monday I get a report on like 10 key metrics of our church. And there's some that we're lagging behind. And I'm looking for what's awkward, ambiguous, or ancient. Our whole fast track for growth track and getting the game Sunday is because next steps are lagging. It's just lagging. Our assimilation of new people is lagging. We've got to fix it. Is that something to cry over? No. But leaders see it. Calendar time to discuss how to do it. Right? And say, well, we need, it's three years since we updated the video. Maybe it's not as exciting, right? We can provide some energy. So some other questions under there you might ask, like if you're trying to find what's awkward, ambiguous, or ancient, what's taken so much of your time? If your answer is, if I just had more time, I could get it all done, then you're missing the point. Because you're supposed to develop and delegate, and de- develop a team and delegate. Like more, if more time, thinks, you think now I'll be able to do everything that I'm not getting done, it, it's that the leader will never have enough time to get everything done. The person who has enough time to get everything done is not a leader. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the leader is now seeing the next thing. I'm not saying you can't take Sabbath. I'm not saying it. Can't, but the leader always wakes up saying, I'm fixing this today. We're going to this. So you can't, you can't say, well, if I had more, then I would do that. If God is giving it to you, then what needs to be cut out so that you, what needs to be developed, right? Does that make sense to you guys? Okay. All right. So under the second one, last one, do you have a list of problems and people that need to get better? Do you have a list of problems and people that need to get better? Because if you are asking God and he gives you eyes to see and your calendar time to actually discover those things and you say, ah, I've I've discovered she's the reason why the rally is awkward. Mm. Now, is it because she needs development to stop? She, She, like the vision's clear and we know what we're doing. She's just not proficient. So let me make her proficient. Let me help her. No, no, no. The vision's clear. I've dug around that thing. She doesn't want to do it. You're not the leader. You got to make sure when you're going through the process that you've actually dug around this a little bit, which leads me to number three. Number three, once you discover what needs to get better, you need to prioritize, research, brainstorm, and ask for ideas. You need to prioritize research, brainstorm, and ask for ideas. This is where you say, okay, I've discovered the problem, but I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the, like we don't know what's going to change this. I know that we need to raise plenty of money and we're doing all the things that we know how to do, but I also know that this year money's been slower because of inflation rates and all these things that are going on. People are, you know, people are living in fear and the people who could largely give, like our tithers are super faithful. The big donors that normally come out of like stock donations and other things have been slow. So that's a problem. So how do I fix that? Right? Well, it takes some engagement. It takes some conversations with people who are in that boat to say what, what motivates 
giving in the midst of even those kinds of circumstances. It's an interesting talk. We're not going to go there now, but once you discover what needs to get better, you have to prioritize, research, brainstorm, and ask for ideas. When I say prioritize, you're going to now organize which problems are the most important problems that you're going to fix because, again, if you're a leader, it's rare that you have one problem. I got a problem at my house. I got a problem with each of my kids. Sometimes Amber and I have problems, uh, right? Sometimes, sometimes I've got, uh, I got a speeding ticket. That's a problem I got to fix now, you know? Y'all laughing, but it goes in the stack. How important is that one? Well, court date's not till 921. I got time. You got to put it in the stack and say, what's the most important thing? And then go to those things as needed. You need to prioritize your problem to fix. So what you might ask yourself here is what one thing if made better makes the biggest impact? So if you're looking at your list of 10 problems, what one thing has the potential to, to impact all the other things? You need to involve your team or even the person and ask questions all around the person that you're trying to grow or make better. Getting better is often removing or updating the awkward, ambiguous, or the ancient. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like that system doesn't work. We're going to this system. It's not rocket science, but it's the commitment to discover that, to research, to do the work around it, and then say, okay, it's going to change. When something bugs me, I go look for something that makes me feel like, oh, that's better. I look for the right person, the right conversation, the right environment, and say, oh, we need that. Number four, once you've discovered what to do and you've got some ideas, you're going to try the fix, then fix the fix. You're going to try the fix, and then you're going to fix that. Because you almost never get it right the first time. We want more creative worship. We're going to bring in a video element. And I came into the pre-service, right? I came into the pre-service. And where we had the video, it didn't work for me. It felt like an awkward transition, and it felt like we lost momentum. And I said, but if I put it here... When we come out of it, then everything from there on out just goes up, right? Because what was happening is like we were surprising you with a, with a bridge, then taking you down, and then trying to get you back up. And I said, let's don't surprise them. Let's relax them. Read the verse. And then build, 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 build. I would have changed it even if y'all had been really great at doing it, Right? Because it wasn't proficiency that made me feel like it didn't work. You're going to try and get momentum, but in the middle of it, you're going to start it over. And momentum takes time. So we had a fix. The fix was we want to create, we want the Easter feel. This is one of our creative things. Like we want more dynamic worship moments where we surprise you, where you're excited, where you're like, you're sucked in. So we don't want that just to be twice a year. We want that to be every week we're finding that moment. So that was the fix. I showed up and I had to fix the fix. And that's going to happen. It's called the 80-20 rule. When you're building great teams, they build 80% of the cake. And as the leader, you're still going to have to walk in and put the icing on. You can't expect someone to know everything you know as the leader, but you got to keep building into them to where they take responsibility for the 80%. And then you come along and say, okay, that cake looks amazing. If we did this right here, that's icing. What you're looking for in this is on the game day, you're looking for the outlier. 
I remember the first time, it's been years now, when Jackie said, what are you looking for in this room? I said, Jackie, I come to stand in the middle of the room and I feel what's symmetrical, what's not symmetrical. What is, if there's a light on this side, does the other light fit there? Right? Does it feel inviting to me to stand here and look at it? Because if I'm dead center, that should be where everything feels like it's drawing me into the moment, right? The, why do we have angle curtains? Because the square wall leaves all this dead space for your eyes to go here, but the angles draw your eyes and the energy all in, right? So I'm on, when I've, we've got the fix, now I'm sitting here and I'm like, what's the thing where I'm drawing your eyes and then I go in more detail and go into that? Is that area clear? Are there things that don't belong? Is somebody got a, a cell phone in their front pocket that looks awkward? Uh, somebody's shirt unbuttoned and somebody's zippered down. Y'all are laughing. I do all of this. I'm like, is the stage piece missing? Because when I look at you, I look at your face. And if your lipstick is smeared, I'm going to look at that, right? Because your whole body is designed, in most cases, for me to draw attention to your face. It's where it's your eyes, your mouth, you know, like all of that is supposed to go. So like, I'm looking for the outlier. On game day, I'm looking for the outlier. So how does it make me feel? Did we get better or did we create more issues? Last thing, number five, we're going to wrap this up. Number five, you have to communicate the new standard and create accountability for it. You have to communicate the standard and create accountability. If we are making a change, that has to cascade throughout the organization. And one of the reasons why we do our PAC meeting on Tuesday is because it gives you Monday to debrief after Sunday to kind of catch your breath and work through some things but then it makes you ready to discuss some things on Tuesday to fix the awkward, to change things, to be ready for the next day. And then it gives you the maximum amount of work days to kind of put energy. And then also, if you're thoughtful, you go from this meeting to every person under you gets the same information all in the same day. So, they, so instead of, like, you shouldn't be sending your team emails on Thursday. Tuesday's the day. You got Monday to debrief and prepare we do things way far in advance. Tuesday's your day to make sure that it cascades, that everybody gets the same information within hours so that no one's like, I didn't know on Saturday. No, no, no. It comes every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. <laughs> like, that's there. You gotta communicate the new standard and create accountability. So real quick, so one more time. Number, number one, ask God to give you eyes to see. Number two, calendar time to look for the awkward, the ambiguous, and the ancient. Number three, once you discover what needs to get better, you have to prioritize, so put it in order. Research, brainstorm, and ask for ideas how to make it better. Involve everyone in how to do it. Number four, try the fix, then fix the fix. Number five, communicate the new standard and create accountability. So in number five, you're going to make sure that now your metrics of how you measure that, that that's taken into account. Right, if you're going to create accountability, then how are you measuring those transitions? So one of our ideas is to change our order of our service. Well, that first week, we're going to try it, and we're going to fix the fix. We're going to find, oh, that was, the, that was the spot we got muddy. That was the spot we were a little ambiguous. That was the spot that the band wasn't proficient. The vision was good. The system was good, but we weren't proficient. Y'all know that's a real thing. You can have, because the best systems... 80, 85% of people can succeed in. The worst systems, it's 50, 50 and below. 
That's why you have to measure things and say, hey, if 50% of our staff can't get their receipts in, then it could be that we need a better system, which we're working on. We have an idea on how to make it better. And by the way, it's not 50%, right? But I'm just saying to you, we still are a mindset that 85 may not be good. If we can get to 95, that it can be better. Does that make sense? So, but if the system doesn't work, we're not going to just say, that's just how it is around here, right? That's not what we're going to do. So um, that's a simple leadership thought for today. Leaders see the awkward and fix it. The job of the leaders is to get better and make things better. Hope you enjoy it.